just launched already. From the brand side out, the only podcast whose goal is to help you launch, pivot, and scale your business or brand so you can serve more, stress less, bank big, and take your rightful place on top. Now, here's your host, live from ECMG Creative Studios, New York, Tanya Weeder. Hey, 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 beautiful people. Thanks, Mr. GJ, for inviting me. We're going to slow it down this episode. Uh, and I'd like to introduce y'all to the Militant Midget. The Militant, militant Midget is on deck. And we will be talking about some things that, hey, if you can't talk about it during Black History, when else can you talk about every day? Every day, we should be able to talk about racism. We should talk about revisionist history. We should be able to talk about when <laughs> certain things are deemed new discoveries, when uh, people of high levels of melanin in their skin have uh, actually found the cure some 20 years before, if not 30. Oh, we're going to talk about it tonight. <laughs> what does this have to do with branding? and It has to do with everything. Because if you're not able to reach out and, and, and feel and, and experience what your audience is experiencing, you'll never be able to quite connect with them on a visceral level. What does this have to do with marketing and promotions? It has everything to do with it because every single buy, it doesn't matter whether it's business to business or business to customer, it is an emotional buy. Why? No one wants to go broke. Why? No one wants to be without. Why? Money and transactions are connected to everything. It's even biblical. Money answereth all things. You don't believe it? Then get sick and find out uh, who's going to get the best, the absolute best care, and those who are not. Money drives that. Financial decisions buy that. And, and it might not be something that's comfortable to accept, but the truth doesn't matter and it doesn't care about your level of, exist, uh, of acceptance in order to exist. So, oh yeah, we gonna, we, 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 we. we're going to talk about it tonight. Bring it down. We're going to talk about it tonight because it's important. It's important that we talk about this. So many things are going on. It's Black History Month. It's Fashion Week here in New York. Um, and, you know, racism is still running rampant. And um, one of the newer shows that I'm watching on uh, HBO just screams about it and it ties it, it, it ties right into what I'm talking about today. Some, what is it, 300 years later? It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. So for the first time on this show, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go into LinkedIn. Not LinkedIn. I'm going to go into Instagram stories and I'm going to show you what I heard a couple of days ago that absolutely disturbs me. And I think that all of us need to be well positioned to understand the brevity of um, and the full weight of what this really means. Um, this is Jim Jones. Jim Jones, if you don't know, is a hip hop artist, not the one who years ago told everybody to drink the Kool-Aid except him. Uh, this young man, uh, I've had the privilege of meeting uh, a number of times. And one thing that I can say about him is he's the exact same way on and off camera. Just cool, collective. So when someone like him goes off, 
you better run. This man has amassed a fortune in the hip-hop world, but he's not just a hip a hippity-hopper, as the old folks say. He's someone who's a lyricist. He's a writer. He's a producer. But he also has uh, his tentacles in the fashion world, which makes this so bizarre that something like this would happen to him because he's had money for a very long time. He's been wealthy for a very long time, to the extent that he can sashay down the boulevard, a.k.a. <laughs> Fifth Avenue, and he can pick up thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in merchandise on every any given day, and every given day if he wanted to. So I want you to hear and listen to the ex- this experience so you'll understand why my tenor is a little bit different on this podcast. Listen up. We've been in Gucci for about an hour, right? And we're in Gucci in the VIP. We've been in Gucci for like two hours. Right? Since we came in here, having nobody came and showed us no courtesy, no amenities, no nothing. Period. Not even a drink of water. Ask to speak to the manager. Send me a black guy out here to start telling me some bullshit. So they got the black guy racial profiling on black people. I to speak to a manager bigger than him. Everybody disappeared. Ain't nobody come out yet. I still ain't getting. I still ain't get no sparkling water. I still ain't get no champagne. I still ain't get nothing. I didn't have a salesperson inside of my VIP suite the whole time I was there. I had to keep screaming for VIP people to help me out. Now everybody don't know where the real manager is. You heard? It's, it's ty- I'm tired of this. We spending all this money as entertainers inside these stores. They hire these black people, and these black people are more racist than white people when they get their job. Inside of Gucci, all of a sudden, you, you stop playing with us, bro. Still haven't seen a manager yet. Still haven't seen a manager yet. Since I'm talking to you right now, a manager still hasn't popped out of Gucci. And the bill is like 29000 but we didn't pay that yet. All right. Why would we? Why? They still haven't sent a manager all bottles, sparkling water, or anything that says that we appreciate your service for being in here in Gucci and spending that bag. The big one. The big one. The big one. Listen, this guy. What is he possibly going to do? (laughs) (laughs) What is he going to do? That's what I want to know. Still haven't seen a manager. Is there a manager that works here or everybody's just a worker? They're remote. All right, so it's hysterical, and and you have to laugh to keep from crying. But there's so many dynamics that's going on, and I could go off about, you know, them hiring us to discriminate against us, but I'm not going to do that tonight because I want to keep things in perspective. Uh, My hero is uh, the great Reverend Dr. Adam Clayton Powell who said, you know what, it it, it was never about him um, just being a preacher. Him being a preacher uh, helped him, and it helped elevate him for his political uh, aspirations. And because he was so not just entrenched in the church, but in the community, which is where the church is embedded, he became such a fixture um, in uh, uh, the movement because he really emphasized the fact of using your spirituality just for your own sake is not enough. That you have to use that in order to rally 
uh, all of us together to understand that if one of us is discriminated against, if one of us is not treated properly, it affects the it affects and it infects the entire community. And one of the things I remember him saying is, I mean, I wasn't here, but um, I remember him uh, uh, coining the term, do not shop where you cannot work. Understand? So that's why I was saying I can't go into that that dynamic of the, the, the black on black or the brown on brown discrimination because they'll use your own. Oh, God, we can go into slavery with that. I just thought about that. They'll use your own in order to regulate you. You know, there's a difference between the house and the one who's right. So understand we have become so leveled up and so progressive and making millions of dollars. And yet the mindset is still, I got to wear this brown brand or I have to wear that brand because it's a luxury brand. And because I want to look good for others. And I want to put forth the aura, if you will, that I am about that life that, you know, we're willing to throw our scruples. We're willing to grow, uh, take all kind of mistreatment so that the outside world can know it's Gucci. It's not Gucci. Gucci has been a racist company for a minute. Every couple of years, if you look at the trends, every couple of years, Gucci does something offensive and then they turn back and, 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 and we act as if nothing is wrong. So in the spirit of black history, no, it's not Gucci. As someone who actually went to a vocational school for fashion, shout out to Fashion Industries High School. Because you get an inside look at how things actually work in that industry. It is a racist industry. It is a racist industry. You understand? I'm not saying any names. I'm just saying the, the industry itself is racist. How many times were black designers or brown designers, uh, Puerto Rican, Mexican, or, and, and I loved going to fashion industries because there were so many different races of people. It, it was like every faction from every point of the world was in my school. And the predominant ones were of Asian descent or they were, um, they were Chinese, Japanese of Asian percent, Asian of the Asian persuasion. And I love them, but their designs, when the Donna Karans of the world, when the, um, big, big names came to the school, uh, it was those from that persuasion, everything other than brown and black. That got preference. Yeah, I said it. Go back in the archives and look yourself. I'm not lying. Go into the archives and look. Because here's the thing. Here's the ridiculous thing. All of these things are written down. And then we have people in these southern states that don't want to talk about race theory. Racism ain't a theory. How is it that you can have an award-winning show? And I'm predicting that they are going to win and be nominated for ridiculously uh, huge amounts of nomination, Emmy nominations for the Gilded Age. The Gilded Age, their time span that they're covering is in 1860-something. 
So how is it on this past Sunday, the 13th of February, 2022, did they have a scene where a white woman and someone that she was working, that was working for her, a black woman who was educated, had a degree and everything, brought her to a store that was tantamount to a Gucci or any of these big brand stores on Fifth Avenue. Matter of fact, it was Fifth Avenue. And she was being discriminated against. And you know what prevented them from throwing the black woman out? It was her white friend, or not even friend. They were they had a cordial relationship with one another. But make no mistake, boo-boo, she was working in her house. And if that woman and another woman who was forward-thinking that didn't even know the black woman, but she knew the person she was with, vouch for her. And, 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 and as dark as this podcast can be, the beauty of this time that we're living in is that we have a lot of compadres. <laughs> Shout out to the Mexicans. I'm not talking about you. But we have a lot of Caucasian friends that are willing to stand up and say, enough is a damn enough. Stop it. Cut it out. Knock it off. This is dumb. Because you aren't saying anything when the money is coming, but you don't want our presence. And he, here's the thing. We run in circles where we have people who sit down and say, money is energy. Nah, money's money. And if money is, mo- if money is energy, then why, why do people not discriminate against you when, when you're a person of color and you're paying hundreds of thousands of dollars when they don't see you? Uh, let's say per se on the internet or on an e-commerce site, but when you call, when you walk in a store, it's something else. So if it's energy, then why why not bring that same energy of thank you so much for your service on the e-com website that you do in the store? Oh, you coming at me? We we talking? Just talk black to me because <laughs> we're gonna talk about it tonight. So the history, the history of. Racism in fashion is nothing new. It's absolutely nothing new about it. Um, we had Jay-Z back in the day, and all they used to do, they were giving out free advertisements, honey. All of these videos that they had where they were popping champagne, where they were riding in these Bugattis and Lamborghini. Everything had a, a, a <laughs> not a vowel at the end of it. It was crazy. If it had an A-E-I-O-U at the end of it, guess what? They were promoting it. They were promoting it. And how much were they paid for that? Absolutely nothing. Because we're trying to influence and flex, like the kids say right now, instead of making business decisions and learning about product placement. Listen, you're going to pay me to put this in my video. But at the time, again, when you're growing, when you're growing, and this is why you need to get rich and wealthy as as soon as possible, because it's cheaper to be rich. (laughs) I I hope you understand that. It's cheaper to be wealthy. And you can afford to make mistakes like that. But when you're just on the come up and you don't know any better, you'll allow a brand to be pushed by you and never be paid for it because you don't know any better. And guess what? They're not going to tell you any better either. Right? So I'm going to give you a few name brands. Um, 
Guess I am. Oprah Winfrey, y'all remember a couple of years ago, she walked into her man's and she didn't have her eyelashes on. Her hair was not perfectly coiffed. And they did not get, give her entry because they didn't care who she was. All they saw was, who is this black mm, coming in here? No, she is not. Oh, but she's Oprah. I don't care who she is. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and I'll let you know, it, 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 they don't care whether you're white. They don't care whether you're black or not. They don't care how much money that you have. And a perfect example of that is, um, I want to call her Edna. That's not her name. But uh, Bob Johnson's ex-wife, who is a financial beast in her own right. Never mind all of the ba the basketball Bobcats. Never mind the BETs. Never mind all that. She was, uh, she was and still is a hotelier. She owns pieces of different NBA companies or NBA uh, um, franchises, rather. She is monumental. She is a multi-billionaire. Okay? And this is after, excuse me, before, during, and after her marriage. You need to rewind that. So she will tell you, and, and she's been on interviews, and, and she's just having this normal conversation with this interviewer or reporter, and she changes her tone when she's asked about her being able to come to the table. And she says, let me tell you something. And she drops in her stomach. If you're African-American, you know exactly what that means. When people drop their tone all the way into their belly, it means <clears throat> pay attention. Because when I drop my voice, I'm forcing you to turn up the volume in your spirit so you can glean this forever. She said, they do not care that I have money. They do not care about what I bring to the table. Because when I come into that table, I'm a triple threat. Because I'm a woman. I have money. I have stupid, obscenely amounts of money. And I got a portfolio of all of my contributions. And anyone in their right mind would be intimidated. But because most of them, those men that are in those spaces are not of our persuasion, they do not care about that. So every now and again, we'll have these sages who have been to the pinnacle of wealth who'll come and let us know this doesn't stop no matter what your income is, because as long as you are appearing, as long as you show that you are that particular race, they have a problem with you. And so they lied to us when they said we have to do it three times, four times better. No, it's more like a thousand. And the higher you get, the worse it is. So why are we talking about this? Because if we're celebrating love and we're celebrating the blackness and we're talking about black history, I can't sit here and talk to you about black history and paint it as if, as if everything is chocolate color roses. I can't. 
a history of racism. And I, I saw a, a tweet the other day, you know, black history ain't over until it stops being written. It's still being written. And so that's why, you know, when you join us on Instagram this month, you're going to see us celebrating love. You're going to see us celebrating our accomplishments. You're going to see us celebrating black wealth. You're going to see us celebrating. And I don't care who knows, we're a black company and that's what we do. And if we can't toot our own horn and wait for somebody else to, to do that, then that's just nonsensical. We're not here for that. We're here to educate. We're here to entertain you and sprinkle in a few uh, uh, knowledges, a few drops of wisdom so that you'll be able to govern yourselves accordingly, right? Uh, Michael Kors, come on, we're going to talk about it. Michael Kors years ago said that um, he doesn't like uh, black women using his pocketbooks because we stretch them out. Excuse me, sir, or whatever you are. Maybe it's because we have lives, we have children, we have husbands, we have uh, 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 counterparts. We have, huh, we have uh, 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 ob uh, objectives that we need to go after. We have goals that we not only set, but we actually um, exceed. We have lives. And if you don't like your pocketbooks being stretched out, then why don't you give the money back? I didn't see him giving money back, but guess what happened? Because Turnbout is a mother. A couple of months ago, if not weeks, because I, I remember this in recent history, there was a glitch on his website where millions of dollars were threatened to be lost because somebody made a mistake on his site that a certain bag that everyone was lusting after that was, I think it was hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars, was marked improperly. To the extent that the website crashed. To the extent that everyone who actually ordered got receipts that their stuff was on its way. Turned out is something. You better watch what you say to us. Because if we ever all wake up at the same time and stop giving our finances to these businesses that show us no to zero respect, you're going to have a problem. Look at the, the hair industry. The hair industry was turned upside down when women of color decided, I'm taking all of these products out of my hair, and yeah, that's the way it's going to be. So the rise of the women in our community, even the men in our community who is telling us how to treat our natural hair, that turned the hair industry inside out when it came to the certain segment of their audience saying, I don't need you anymore. That's why you see all of these products now coming into Walmart, coming into Target, coming into all of this glory because we have people who did what you didn't do. One of the wealthiest men uh, in these United States is the owner of Essence Magazine. And how did he come to be? Because he started making products that helped black women in their hair and their skin. Put some respect on us because you might call us the N-word Say it in front of us and see what happens. See, I don't see you going to Bedford. So I, I don't see you going to Kingsborough Project saying that. I don't see you going <laughs> to Marcy saying that. 
I don't see you going in the middle of Harlem saying that. But understand, if, if they keep on... and. Can I just paint a picture for you? When you walk into these these stores and they treat you the way they treated Jim, who had a $30,000 bag ready to give you, and you couldn't give him the decency of respect, that to me, that behavior is them calling you what they think you are. And if that's the way you think I am, then let me take me and my black money and get the hell out of here. We need to send a signal, but nobody wants to do it. So now you have all these influencers now that are online. You see them, they're flashing and they're flexing and they're doing all of this stuff. And they have all of these things. And, and you see the Hermes belt. You see the Chanel top. You see that, like, I love Chanel. But all of them have their issues. All of them have their little racist minions in there. Don't play with me. All right? Um, and you'll have these little, these little things. Every time I see somebody in a Gucci belt, I'm like, Okay, so either you don't know, or like they say in Boys in the Hood, either you don't know or you won't show what's going on in the hood. Because they don't respect you and they don't care. H&M, same thing. And I'm saying it because it's documented. Don't come after me. It's documented. Look in the documents. We're talking about black love now. We're talking about black history now. So let me, let me talk to you about documentation. So I saw something that was utterly laughable today about three people who uh, are, are mysteriously uh, cured of HIV. And I'm sitting here like, okay, so maybe it's because I'm from New York. Maybe it's because I'm from Brooklyn. Maybe it's because I just pay attention to the conscious community after they, you know, give give us... <laughs> they give us our little nature bag of treats <laughs> i love y'all the granola people i love but it makes sense to me that this is a lie that was being reported by a major publication check check the instagram today if you listen to this 30 years ago there was a man by the name of dr sebi from honduras who, they took him to, to, to court. The city of New York took him to court because he claimed that he, he, he healed people. It is documented. If you look in the records, instead of trying to divert us, if you look in the records, you'll see the public record shows that there were testimonies of over 90 some odd people who testified that they were sick and they got better, that they had AIDS and they got better, that they had HIV and they got better. And all of the treatments, watch this, all of the treatments were customized to who those people were, what they were ingesting in their body. And now here you are 30 years later talking about something that is just... I'm trying not to be, I'm trying not to be in my feelings. But here's, here's, here's the history of medicine in the United States. In my industry, if you've ever watched uh, The Wolf of Wall Street, you got to understand that you have to create the demand. The medical industry is heinous 
in what they do in that they will create a disease to show you how to cure it. And then they will bleed you of every dime you have because you want to feel better. This man was not charging exorbitant amounts of money for pills. He was caring for the people in his community who had been, ironically, uh, thrust out of the community because they had this disease that was lethal to supposedly everyone that they touched, which was not true. So I'm just talking to you about racism and how it still exists. I'm going to wrap this up and and I want to talk to you about Supercent. Supercent um, is the CEO of the Crayon Case. It is a beauty business. And she said something that was so profound. She said um, a couple of weeks ago, she said, you know what? I was happier when I was broke. And you may not know her story, but her background was she was known uh, primarily on what was Snapchat. And she would come on and she would make viral videos of her opinion um, about food, about life, uh, relationships, and even business. And while she was doing that, she was building, quietly building her uh, makeup business, her makeup line. And even to this day, it is still very much successful in that um, her her products were featured in uh, Oprah's magazine of her favorite things uh, this past holiday. And um, she's known because, uh, unbeknownst to her, a couple of years back on Black Friday in 90 minutes, not in a day, in 90 minutes, she cleared over $1 million in revenue, which is astonishing. And she's been on that track ever since. For her to say, knowing where she came from, that she would rather or that she was happier when she was broke, it kind of gives you a glimpse into if you don't know who you are and you don't remember where you came from, you'll take anything that's thrown at you because you believe that that's all you're worth. And when you walk into these companies in their offices, in their um, brick and mortar stores, and they don't treat you with the respect that clearly you have earned because you have the earning potential to buy from them, don't support them. We have all of these wonderful shows. We have power. We have uh, the power universe. And you have all of these people that everything is name brand. Everything is name brand. And those, I bet you, if you talked to those name brands and the people behind them, you'll see what the real story is. Michael Jackson was a prophet. And he tried to tell us, but we were so busy looking at his, his skin coloration, decoloration or something. <laughs> we were so busy being distracted by his face that we didn't understand what he meant is all I really know. He said, all I really know is they don't really care about us. This man is rich in the grave. And he's trying to tell us. You better pull off them Gucci belts because Gucci ain't Gucci with you. So that's it. I just wanted to give you a little history lesson. And if you want to really know how 
you know, how to move in these streets and know what it really is about, I suggest that you look at the work of two of our hidden heroes. And I say here hidden heroes because they don't need to be out in the forefront. They don't need to be out and open. And I love that about them. Multi-million dollar times over, right, earners? And they are Jordan Peele and John Ridley. Anything that John Ridley has written at all, you need to be watching. If it has American crime, anything in it, his hand is on it. He was responsible for American crime on ABC a couple of years back, the series. Just look at what he's writing about. Look at what, look at the stories that they are telling, right? And also, uh, Jordan Peele. Here's the problem with Jordan Peele. He came to us as a comedian. Uh, in reality, he came to us as a writer. Don't make don't get it messed up. These are writers. And here's something for someone who came across this station and doesn't know anything about marketing, business, whatever. You want to make a few dollars. If you can write and you can speak, you can bank big. Because you're moving in the space of communication and imagination. And guess what? You will always win. And there is no cap to doing things like that. Copyright that. Well, that's a whole nother show. But let me get back to Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele. You want to know what black people are really about? Look at us. Not this is us. Look at us. Look at them. on uh, Us on, on demand should be if you have cable. Uh, look at them on Amazon Prime. I'm not getting paid for this. I'm just telling you. And also look at, what was the other one that he did? Get Out. You know, the one he won the Oscar for because he told us in no uncertain terms, this is not a comedy. It's a documentary. That's black history, baby. Keep the faith. Keep your eyes open. And if they can't respect you, and you won't make them respect you, then you are at fault. Don't go for the flex. Let's go back to uh, Super Saiyan. She said, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I, I showed pictures of myself. I showed videos of myself going through these hotels that some people will never go through, getting all these cars that I don't even drive, getting all these houses that really doesn't mean anything to me. Let me tell you something. I did it for the flex. I did it so that you would think that I'm better. I did it because it made you it made me feel better to look and see how many likes I got. That's what I did it for. And guess what? I hate it. She said her, her children cracked her heart open when she bought all of this stuff. She said, listen, I got this table. I got it decked out. I got it styled. This is a multi-million dollar house. And I'm not saying this to brag to you. She said, we don't even eat at that table. She fixed and prepared this thing for her children to come and have time, uh, uh, have fun and have playtime. And do you know what they said to her? They said, I miss the old house. That broke her all the way down. Because all your kids want from you is you. The gifts and stuff that you bring, they won't even remember the toys that you bought. But they'll remember the experience. Of you being there and being so present that you knew that that's what they wanted and you granted their wish. That's what they're going to remember. 
Not some daggone house that they're going to get lost in every time they want to go to the bathroom. She sat there talking to us through video saying, you know what? I had this room painted and, and I don't even like the way it makes me feel. So she doesn't say I'm going to repaint the house. She says, I'm going to buy another house. I'm going to downgrade. That's what it is. So when you, when you see all this stuff, know that things are not what they seem. That the racists are still out there. And, 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 and they're ready to pounce. But because we have so much more buying power now, I'm talking specifically to black people. When we talk about Hispanic history, we'll talk to you. But we have a mass of fortune. I'm doing research now on how many wealthy black people they are in the United States. Eighty percent of the black women or of the black people who are wealthy in this country are women. And if there's anything that women know how to do, we know how to spend a dollar. But do you know how to extract your power from those have not, who have not been disrespectful or who have been disrespectful to you? And, and, and don't think that just because you're in a different tax bracket that you're any less culpable. Because if you do nothing, you are as culpable as the offender. I told you the militant midget was out. Stop playing dumb games and flexing for a world. Stop it. Those people don't know you. They'll never know you. If they do, you know, why would I want to be known or want to know someone because that's what they have? Even if it's a desire or an aspiration, if that's all you are about and that's the pinnacle, is it enough? I haven't seen that yet. Because there are wealthy people who still get divorced, who still get sick, who still get depressed. And every single person that I've spoken to you about today has fallen into that. And while money buys a lot, It can't fix everything unless you allow it to. So in our pursuit of luxury, let's redefine what luxury is. Luxury is what you do with what you have. Luxury is not buying a house, Madam C.J. Walker, that you won't live even six months to live in. But buying that house so that people like the owner of Essence Magazine can purchase that hundreds of years later and turn it into an institute and a meeting place, a gathering place for entrepreneurs to come, to think, to thrive, and to build. Somebody once said, money doesn't buy happiness. And clearly, that person errors 
because they haven't given enough of it away. Luxury. Let's redefine what that is. Last person, uh, Michelle Obama. I'm leaving, I promise. Michelle Obama, one of the reasons why she is one of the most likable people on the face of the earth. Not just America, not just your town, <laughs> but in the world. It's because she does not sit on a seat of power and refuse to see those that are not. What she taught us is, I cannot truly ascend unless I bring others with me. What she did was prove that there's power in sharing your platform. And you don't have to say a word. From the official portraits that all of us looked at like, say what now? (laughs) To those memorable outfits that she wore and is still wearing. Go, Michelle! She taught us that you can uplift a struggling designer. A struggling artist who may not be struggling according to what we normally would think struggling is. But before you reach for a Fendi this, Gucci that, shout out to Nasir. Um, have you found a black luxury line similar or in the line of a Louboutin? Yeah, Louboutin is a black man. So maybe it's time for us to start uplifting these luxury black brands so that we won't have to put up with this nonsense and foolishness. So the curious case of Gucci and Jim Jones ends this way. He continued to go up the boulevard that we call Fifth Avenue. He went to Birdoff. They treated him like a king. He went to Louis V. They treated him like a king. What's the lesson in that? People will accept your patronage, but it's up to you to decide how much disrespect you're going to take in order to impress those who really could care less about you in the first place. That's my time. You want to know a little bit more about luxury? (laughs) You want to increase your prices? You want to get more revenue into your business? You want to get more business into your business? Like people and partnerships and collaborations. Follow us on ecmgroups.com. And the blog for creating luxury content has just gone live today. ecmgroups.com forward slash the blog. That's my time. You be blessed and you are luxury in it of yourself and you need to start carrying yourself like it now. Be well. Enjoyed the show? Connect with us across social media at ECM Groups, where the conversation continues. Start creating working capital and banking big on your business in just 90 days by working with Tanya and her team. Apply now at ecmgroups.com forward slash work with us. Until next time, just launch already from the brand side out.